0: Well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Come on. I want everybody to stand on your feet. Come on. You've been sitting down for a little while. Okay. I want you to do this. I want you to put your hands in the air, wave them like you don't care. All right. Rub someone on the side, the person on the side, you just rub their shoulder a little bit. Come on. All right. All right. Rub their shoulder and then, you know what, get your finger and, and maybe pick the person's nose if they have something. Done. All right. You're awake. You can be sitting down right now. Hey, I got some great news. How many of you like good news? Okay, I told you a couple of years ago when some things happened in my, in my life that if, it, if God did something, I was going to do something. So I have to fulfill my promise. Okay, I went to the doctor this past Thursday. Some of you on Facebook, shut up, all right? But those that didn't, I went to the doctor this week, and they declared me cancer-free. I'm, I said I would run around. I would do a Jericho march. I promise you. Woo! Come on. Somebody get excited. Come on. Woo! I'm not kidding, man. Listen, you know, people go, Pastor Bubba, how was it in London? It was awesome. But they ain't they don't even compare when God touches you. Listen, you know, as people go, I told my wife and my kids, I go, uh, Hey. If it's a good report, I'm going to embarrass y'all. <laughs> I promise you. And, and, and but what happened is even before I saw the doctor, this is crazy, the nurse, at, you know, she wanted to shoot me up when I was doing chemo and stuff. She came in, she goes, she looks around, she closed, did you hear the news? I'm like, what news? She goes, you got a great report. And I go, really? So you're trying to sneak a blessing in here before the doctor gets in here? And I just told my wife and my kids, I said, I'm going to shout and praise Jesus. And when the, the nurse practitioner whatever she was, the PA came in and she just told me. And I said, praise Jesus. And she goes, hey, you want the paper that says you're cancer free? I said, give me that thing. And can I tell you something? When I grabbed that paper, it was just like a feeling of humility, just, just a humble moment. And I just I held that paper and I thought... And I, and I said this. My wife's my witness. I said, you know what? When I'm holding my hand, there's people that pray for this, that hope for this, that desire this, and they never get it. But I'm just, I just want to let you know that praise God because it's all Jesus. The Bible says He's no respecter of persons. But I'm glad he touched me because I believe this. When people are healed, they teach other people how to be healed. And so this morning, you know, it's like I just I'm excited because this is not really my realm. What I'm gonna be teaching. James is one of the the, the the books we've been planning on doing for months and weeks, and we got together all our all our pastors and we so this is a conglomeration of not just me, but of our pastors and other information that we get that I'm gonna give you this morning. It's more of a teaching kind of thing, but I, I just believe this, we're gonna make it exciting for you this morning because the word of God is exciting. And i tell you, not only is it exciting, but it can change your life. I'm standing on this platform 34 years ago, almost to the date that I gave my life to Jesus. While I was in London, I celebrated my spiritual birthday with my spiritual grandfather, Brother Clady Keith. And this morning, I have one of my friends, Alden Baudouin, who's actually Michelle Baudouin's brother, that saw me when I got saved. Stand up, Alden. And he's just a great friend. Come on, y'all give it up for Alden. So everything I tell you about my life or what the past was, he can tell you. So he can tell you, hey, that's a lie, Bubba. But anyway, I'm so glad, I'm so honored that you'd be here this morning, Alden. And, uh, you know, I just want to welcome everybody back to this week. And I'm excited. I got both guns loaded. If you have your asbestos suit, I'm going to speak with a little fire this morning. Is that okay? Okay. And so I believe that God wants to bring revival in our hearts and our souls. And we don't have to make this a a summer where we just get in our little spiritual cocoon and go just feed me. But I believe that God wants to add something to every one of us. And so, you know, when I look at James and it's just practical lessons, it's really from Jesus' little brother. It teaches us how to, you know, a lifestyle of faith. It teaches us how to control the tongue. Anybody got a problem with that? I mean, it also tells you how to treat widows. It also tells you how to live a life of real faith. And so, you know, when you look at it, it's really the New Testament book of Proverbs. And it's only five chapters, and it'd take you about 12 minutes to read it. If you just sat there and read it, I've read it many times. I have a personal commentary that I've written on the book of James, and I can't find it. I lost it, but I I did write one, believe it or not. And, you know, and so... This is our summer series, but before I do and I go anywhere, I want to give you a little bit of history on the book of James. First of all, we're talking about James, Jesus' little brother, or his, his half brother. It's his little brother. Okay? And, and, and he's not disciple, not the disciple James, but his little brother. And James wasn't a believer in Jesus while he lived. Think about that. He didn't believe him while he was alive. And, and, and he lived under the same roof. How many of you know living under the same roof with somebody can be one of the greatest challenges in your life? How many of you live in a family? Okay, that can be the biggest challenge. Your family. I'll get into that in that. But imagine giving your life to your sibling, that you trust your brother. And see, not only that, the fact that Jesus later believe, you know, that James later believes in Jesus is a real proof that Jesus is about his divinity because they were brothers. And not only that, here he is, he's speaking, he comes as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and after his resurrection, and James becomes a pastor. He's a pastor in Jerusalem. And he's a he's, he's pastor, and so he's writing a letter to the Christians so he might have a little bit of insight that most people didn't have, don't you think? Okay? You know, today we're going to study 18 verses, and, and today the title is Trials and Temptations. What a barn burner that is. You see, think about it. How many of you are going through a trial right now? Raise your hand. Come on, raise raise it high. I want everybody to say, raise it high. Think, and you that don't have your hand raised, you're sitting next to a trial right now. Okay? And see, what happens is, I believe this, is it. I'm excited for you because, see, trials, we're going to talk about it. James chapter 1, let's get into it. James chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's cool. He calls his brother the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. He's talking to his Jewish believers. Greetings. Consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds james calls jesus his older brother lord he's writing to the jewish believers and trials are something that just happened i mean you know that i mean you don't you don't see them coming there's no advertisement there's no billboard i mean but, but they happen but the potential though every trial is a potential to teach us something how many are going to be teachable Okay? And see, here it is. God doesn't tempt us, you know, uh, just to prove just to prove scripture. He does, he does allow trials to happen to teach us to test our faith. And see, what do you mean, Pastor? God sees the value of trials and tribulation and allows things to happen. Guess what? For your benefit. For your benefit. See, the fact is, we don't we. We do the same thing to our children. How many of you get up, get up every morning and wake your children up to go to school? How many of you know they, don't, they, they just want to get up and go, Oh, thank you, Mom, for waking me up. I'm going to school. Praise God. How many of you know that does not happen? Okay, only if leave it to beaver, okay? And that's long gone. But see, what happens is, is, is like we know that because what we're doing, we're, tra- we're training them. Through discipline. We're training them through the things in which they suffer. And they don't want, they don't want to go to school because they, they, you know what? They don't want to get educated. But we want them to get educated. We want them to get employed. And we want them out. Amen? We want them to learn to pay their own bills. We want them to have responsibility. We want them to be successful in life. So it's just a training ground. It's the same way with God. Think about it. The truth is when you're taking a test, All of us take tests in our lives. That's a good thing. A test determines if you're able to move to the next grade or you're able to move to the next level. Think about it. You see new levels, new devils. We know that. But also, you know, the fact is we do the same with our children. God's interested in us moving to the next grade. He's interested in us growing up. He's interested in us making the grade, so to speak. You know? He's more interested in your character than your comfort. He's more interested in your holiness rather than your happiness. He's into that. It's not a whether if you're, you know, it's not the ability you have. It's your availability that God wants to use. You know, I know people that don't have a lot of gifts, don't have it, but they're always available. They're always available. And see, he's more interested in that. He wants you to grow up and get Life. Sammy, say life. That's what he wants. Proverbs, it says this, Proverbs, the crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. And see, here it is. It's like when you put heat to gold and silver, All of a sudden, the dross, the impurities of what that silver and that gold has comes to the top and they scrape it off. And it's the same way. God uses the fire of temptation. He uses the fire of trials. He uses the fire of tests to to have things come out of us. And he uses our children sometimes. Amen? He uses circumstances. He uses our jobs. He He puts us around just, you know what I'm talking about. How many of you have the inner jerk you got inside of you? How many got an inner jerk? Anybody? I mean, inside you're I mean, going, let me tell you. I've had people as a pastor call me and cuss me out. Okay, can I just be real honest with you? I just want to go, Lord, let the inner jerk flow. <laughs> That's the truth. But, you know, I'm a pastor, so i got to be nice. Y'all still love me? And, you know, you got to tell the truth and see... I just know this, is that it's, it's God. He wants to do something. He wants to purify us, and he allows those things. And see, you know, James chapter one, chapter 1, verse 2 and 3 says, Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials. Look what it says, of many kinds. And see, because you know that the testing of your faith, this is what it is, produces Perseverance. It's the, see what he's saying is that you know what when you walk through these things it should be developing something inside of you, and here it is. It's like consider it, consider it. What's consider what's really going? If you're not careful, the trial can hijack your learning experience. See, you can go through a trial and you get your eyes on all of that, and it can just hijack, and it takes you places you don't want to go. Almost like at gunpoint, to fly you places you don't want to see. To go through different things because we, we get our eyes on the trial instead of getting our eyes on the one that's going to promise to get us through the trial. You see, you can see, you can't see the cloud happening. You can't see what, what could happen because you're distracted with that bad thing. You know, you have to learn to get over your distraction or your trial and discover what God really wants to do in your life. You know, when I was doing chemotherapy with different people and stuff, I saw people they were so overwhelmed by what they were facing. They couldn't handle it. I had one lady she just began to weep before they were sticking in the thing and you know, stick the needle in her and and and, and she's like freaking out. She's like 50 something, her mom's 70 something and she's trying to soothe her like a little kid and stuff and I understand. That's hard. It's difficult. It's not fun. But she was so overwhelmed. And, and, and it's like, there I was sitting next to her, and I go, hey. And I start talking to her, and I just, I didn't tell her I was a pastor or anything like that. I just started sharing with her. I started telling about different things about what God could do. And I said, can I pray for you? And it was funny, because I had my little crowd that would sit across from me, and they'd go, man, baby, you better listen to the little boy yet. <laughs> he got something to say. And then when every time I go back and I see some of those people that are still walking through that, and they look at me and go, how you doing, baby? I say, hey, God's with me. I know. I know he's with you. Because you know what? I'm not saying that, you know, that because I preached to them or I shared with them, God touched me. But I saw that as an opportunity, no matter what I've gone through what i was facing it was an opportunity to me to share with people that i would never see and maybe never share with but always but most of them most of them probably 99.9 of them had an open heart to receive something god could speak to them and see, in your trial, we get so locked up. We're kind of like that lady that just freaks out, and you don't know what God's going to do. It's like, that, it's like putting medicine into you. We don't like it. It's Remember monkey blood when you were a kid, and your mama would go, come here. I'm on. And they had the little comb on the stick. You remember that? And go, no, Mom, I'm no monkey. I mean, I was one that shed more blood than her. Put the monkey blood with the little stick. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody that was born after 1960, you know what I'm talking about before. You know what I'm talking about. That I, I mean, no mama, no monkey blood, but that monkey blood was there to take care of what was affecting me. I would get my eyes on the monkey blood, and you know what? When my mom was trying to get to the wound, trying to get through the trial, trying to get through the thing that was bothering me or that I could see. Am I making sense here this morning? You see, I, I, I believe tucked away inside of your trial is a learning experience is a learning experience just for you and me. And guess what? It, it could be financial disaster, despair. It could mean, you know, God put you by a mean neighbor or your spouse is going through something that's very difficult. Tests in your life or to help you develop and produce what God wants to do in our life. That's what trials are. You see, some of you, you know, you're actually tr- trying to run from school, the school of character. Hello? Because what happens, That's God gave, God gave you a gift. And see, you know, the, the, the incredible, your family is the best school of character hey, you know I mean? you'll ever have. If you can pass that one, you can pass anything. How many have, te- have you have had teenagers you just want to take them out? Come on, it's church. You can be honest. God already saw. You've been wanting to raise your hand on that one for a long time. Oh, pastor, I just felt freedom come on me. You should. It's amazing when they break out in zits when they're about 14, 15 years. Sometimes they get in your face and, you, and they think they have all this wisdom, but they don't have no life experience. How I many of them are talking about? And you just look at them and go, boy, you're fixing to get hijacked, man. <laughs> but, you know, the, bless, the best thing is when they get about 23, 24, and life has a way of just beating you up a little bit. And they come to you and go, you know what, Dad? Can I talk to you? You got a little wisdom. We've all been there. Come on. Don't look around because you were that, you had stupid on your forehead one time. See, there's character in the middle of the thing you're praying for. It's God trying to develop something inside of us. James uh, verse 4 said, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature or complete. Or you get what you've been praying for. I you mean, oh know, God, help me grow up. Have you ever prayed that prayer? God, help me to grow up. Help me to have wisdom. Help me to develop what you want to do. Well, that's he's answering your prayer. And he's not lacking anything. And see, the second thing is you got to cooperate with God's growth process. He's going to do it anyway. He's a good father. He wants to bring out what's best in us. He's not your heavenly Santa Claus. He's not going to come around and go, you know, he drops off a little blessing. He loves you enough and wants you to develop the best in you. So that doesn't always mean it's, it's fun. You know, we say actually some of you are in trials and, you know, you're going, you're in, some of you are in trials right now and it's actually an answer to your prayer. Thanks for all those amens. This is such a feel-good message. You prayed for this. Don't you know it? You see, you say, oh, God, I want to be this or I want to be that. He says, okay. <laughs> Here's the path. Walk in it. Come on. And then we scream and cry and we kick. How many of you talking about? But we learned. My mom told me one time when I was young and she was in a grocery store in Lake Charles and I wanted something. I was begging her, talking to her, and she left me on the aisle. While I was on the ground kicking and screaming, she goes, she just went to the other aisle. She goes, that ain't my child. <laughs> and, and it's like all of a sudden while I'm crying and stuff, she told me, I don't remember it. She just goes, I, I kind of came out, came out says, oh, my God, my mom. Where is she? And some of us need to, we're like that little child kicking and screaming. And God's got this buffet. He's got all the groceries you need in heaven. Come on. And he wants to feed you and help you and nourish you. But we're like that little kid. What? We need a realization. He's there with us. I heard of two guys, one of them one asked, the guy, how did you become so successful, man? And he just said, well, two words, good decisions. He goes, wow. He said, "Wow. Well, how did you get that? And he goes, easy, man. Experience. Wow, how did you get that? Two words, man. Bad decisions. People go, what does it take to be a leader? A leader is somebody that's been through something, can tell you about all their mistakes, and tell you not to step in the same stuff they stepped in. You want that? You got to pay a price. No, you got to pay a price. You know, it's kind of like the saying, no pain, what? What? No gain. That's a lot. And and, you know, in a lot of churches, can I just be honest with you? It's a feel-good message. We're going to make you feel good. We're going to pump you up. Come on, baby. They'll tell you, man, you're loved and you are loved. I promise you that. You're wonderful. You're great. God is great. And nothing's going to happen bad to you. It's all good. And it's, oh, God, God bless you. Can I just say, that's not reality. Can I tell you what reality is? There's, there's a verse that talks about in the Bible the value of suffering. Boy, I got a lot of amens on that one. But can I be a good pastor here this morning? Can I just be a Pastor. It's not fun, but I'm going to pass you, and I need you to see something. And it's not in your notes. Romans chapter 5, verse uh, 3 and 4 says, Not only so, but you also rejoicing in your sufferings. Because you know that suffering, look what it does, produces something. Produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. Somebody say hope. Hope to cope, baby. The next one is first Peter. I love this. This is First Peter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says, In this you greatly rejoice, through though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor. When Jesus Christ is revealed. See, by the way, some of the best things in life have come. Can I just tell you some? Some of the best things in my life have come out of my darkest moments. I remember you know Alden sitting in the front. I remember him and I were we were facing some some things in our lives and and, and we started, well, let's pray together. We used to meet at four o'clock and pray to six. Then it's not a lie, am I lying? Because I told him, I remember remember the first time he said, the only only time I have is between four and six. He goes, oh, Jesus. But we did it. We did it. You see, our Savior's church, can I just tell you, this campus right here (laughs) was birthed in some darkest moments in my life. And actually, my wife's darkest moments. Because, see, my wife and my children didn't even know we were coming to Jennings until Pastor Jacob got on a Sunday morning, and I hadn't even had an opportunity to tell them we were moving. She didn't have an opportunity to ask God, much less me. And I remember, I mean, everybody found out. except my, 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 my Hey, y'all moving? And i like, we are? That was a dark moment for me because I had to convince her. I mean, the only thing my wife wanted to know is this God. Or is this Jacob? <laughs> and some people can't differentiate. But anyway. So the baby is God. God's given me a word. God's given me a promise. When I think of Bert and Crowley. I mean, even this building. When I look at this building. When, when we had the opportunity to have the finances to be matched for this building. I was sitting on a chemo bed. Okay? Let me just tell you. I was sitting looking at me and I'd been praying. I said, God, you promised. I heard you. You said you were going to provide. You were going to make a way. This building was birthed out of pain. It was birthed out of suffering. You didn't see it. You didn't know about it. But can I tell you something? I I was going through one of the most painful times in my life. But I wasn't going around boudin. Are you understanding me? You see... James tells us, you know, it's amazing how how long it takes to go to God. The third thing, ask God for help. It's amazing how long it takes for us to go to God. We will try to do everything we can until we go to God Himself. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's called the Spirit of Delay or the Book of Hesitations. We just start hesitating. You see, James tells us what to do, what to ask for. James, verse 5, he says, If anyone lacks wisdom, sound like you and me? Yeah. You know what wisdom is? It's the ability to know what to do. That's all it is. I don't know what to do. God, I need you to help me. You should ask God, who gives generously and to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Instead of praying to get out of your trial, stop and ask God, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying? You know, we should be learning. Uh, God, what, what should I be learning right now, God? Then learn to listen and for Him to give you His wisdom. You know, the hardest thing for some of us to do is this look at me. Stop. Just stop. You know what's the hardest thing? Come on, man, we know. What's the thing your wife says? You've not listen, you're not what? But that wasn't that was weak. You're not what? That's right. I had about three or four, maybe no, more than that this week. Now listen to me. Are you hearing me? Sometimes we gotta learn to stop and listen. See, this is cool. You determine how long you stay in your trial by going to God first and then praying this way. If you go to God first and just pray, you, you keep yourself from a long time let him develop you the fourth thing is keep a good attitude what pastor come on now see james 6 and 7 but when you ask you must believe and not doubt <laughs> someone asked me you know you know what is a you ever hear people go him, you know they just preach with balance look at me you know what balance really means look at me faith and doubt mixed together they don't matter. They don't match. Faith and doubt. Are you hearing me? Look, if you want people to love you, they didn't like Jesus. In fact, they put him, like, they put him on a cross. And if you want balance, that's where balance gets you. Thank you for all those amens. You see, James says that you should have faith. He no doubt, because The one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. James says faith and attitude are almost the same word. Can you, you know what you need? Look at me. Some of us need a can-do attitude. It's the same thing as faith. Faith and can-do, you know, because what happens is, but, 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 but. But I'm trusting you. That's an attitude. No matter what you face, no matter what you go through, you're going, you know, God, you can do it. I don't know how to do it, but you can do it. That's an attitude. That's an attitude of faith. God, I don't see how it's going to happen. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know where it's gonna, what you're going to do. But you gave me a word. You gave me a promise, and I'm trusting, and I've got this attitude. You can do it. Yeah. Not just water, boy. You can do it. It's not that. God wants you to have a good attitude when you're going through trials. Coming to Jennings, I had to learn that. Because look at me. I wanted a bigger fishbowl. I wanted more to fish in. But guess what? I found some of the greatest fish that swim in South Louisiana live in this pond called Jennings, Louisiana and the surrounding areas. That's Lake Arthur, Hathaway, everywhere. Welsh, tall. Iota, everywhere. God's Cove, Andrew's Cove, I can go down the list. Some of the greatest people, but some of the most hard headed people, do. You see, when you pray, this kind of faith and attitude, it'll come out of your prayer time. you got to be ready to put on the switch. What do you mean, Pastor Verse 12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And this just goes into temptation. I'm breaking it in two places. I'm coming back to trials. But he talks about temptation. James in 13 says, when tempted, no one says, God has tempted me. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he tempt anyone. Temptation is kind of like this. We understand South Louisiana. It's like a fishing lure. I wish I would have brought my rod and reel this morning. It's like a fishing lure. And you know what? We know about fishing around here. And we are the fish. And Satan has, he has, he, he reels it right in front of you. I know that little... That little honey hole will get out of them every once in a while, you know. Or he'll jig like a sockeye, or he'll he'll put that little bass rig, or if you like redfish, you know, you got the live shrimp. He's got all that. It's gonna move. It's gonna shine. It's gonna glisten. Everything is like you are going. Come on. Satan reels it right in front of your face, and he look, and it looks good. But can I tell you what it has? It got a hook. Okay? Satan will make sure you have an opportunity to do something you know is not good for you. He can make the opportunity. See, Satan will make it opportunity. All temptation has one goal. Can I tell you what the goal is? To get you away from God and mess your life up. Just to mess you up. Mess up that relationship you have with God. You have to recognize the source of temptation. Too many people say, well, the devil made me do it. Let me tell you, the devil don't make you do squat. What was it? Was it Flip Wilson, remember? The devil made me do it for all you older people again. See, it's just, but he just gave you, can I tell you what he did? He just gave you the opportunity, but you didn't have to bite the bait. You know, you've heard me share with my African friend. He goes, the devil put a finger in you, put two, put three, put four, then you got a hand, a whole handful. He goes, God is giving you teeth and you need to learn to bite the devil's hand right off. And for many of us, we've, we've let the enemy play around and give us temptation. And he knows exactly what we need. We might not face what other people face. We might not go, but he knows specifically what he can go after. He knows those secret things. He knows those things that lure us and tempt us. He knows those things that will drive us away. Am I speaking to anybody here this morning? You can't make, you can't, he can't make you do anything. He can only tempt you. It's your choice. James says, when, that means... <laughs> When, I mean, let me just say, not if, it means when. It means when. Hey, when you are tempted, which means you will be tempted. Let me ask you, how many have been tempted this week by something? I'm looking. See, I wore my fishing shirt this morning. I'm fishing. Okay, how many haven't been tempted at all this week? Okay. Well, okay, well, good. Praise God. Can you come up here and preach for me? He might not get you to bite every time on the lure, but he puts it in front of you. But but all of us have at least one area he knows that will be tempted for us to bite. He gets a custom lure made just for you. Yeah, I've had the privilege of going, you know, fishing for trout. Now, fresh streams trout, not saltwater trout. Boy, they have little lures, and guys spend time. Making those hand making those little lures and stuff. Just custom made for that one trout that they see every day. And they're figuring out how I'm going to get to him, how I'm going to get to him, how I'm going to get to him. You know? He's got one. For that era in your life. It's packed full of evil. Just for you. Just destroy your life. Understand the process of temptation. Let me see. If you know how it's going to happen, how many of you know if you know, if you know how temptation is going to happen, you might be better off? Okay? James gives us instructions right here. Next verse. Let me just show you five stages. And you, if you're, you're going to understand something, it's better to understand it before it happens. Amen? Okay? First thing, James 14 says, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. So it means you, when it's conceived, that it means you take about five stages. I'm going to give you these so you can expose the devil's plan for your life. Let's, let's expose them. Y'all ready? Okay. Can I get a good amen out there? Can we expose the devil's plan? Amen. All right. First thing is, you can't get away from this one. The first one is temptation. We're all going to be tempted. Temptation has nothing to do with your spirituality. It doesn't mean you're far away from God. It can be, at times, the best compliment you receive as a Christian. Because if you ain't, being, being, if you're, if you ain't butting heads with the devil, you must be walking with him. That's all I got to say. The second thing is, I like to call it fantasy. What we do is we entertain it a little bit. We just start, it's there, then we start entertaining it. We start thinking about it. Come on. Are y'all with me? Come on, y'all thinking about it? All right. You see, you ask the question, well, what would it be like if I did, if I drank it, if I ate it, if I smoked it, if I slept with it, if I watched it, what would happen if? See, this stage has everything to do, can I tell you something, with your eyes. Eyes. The eyes, many times, are the gate. I love the internet. Can I just be honest with you? I love the. In fact, the internet has a- allowed the gospel to be preached more than any device on the face of the earth. The internet, but I also hate the internet. Because you know, when I was young, you used to have to work for sin. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You had to work for it. You had to sneak around. You had to do something. But you know what I mean? I mean, because, I mean, but now, I mean, listen, this is a dumb phone. It only does by what you do and make it do. You have a choice. But there's so many opportunities with this. And can I tell you something? If you don't, you need to. That's why it's so important. Let me, it's imperative that you have filters on devices that you have accountability with people it's important that you talk to people that's why it's important that you'd be in a life group so people can know what you're going through what you're facing thanks for all those amens you see the devil is trying to get you in your eyes Look at me in, in Matthew, it's not in your notes, but I just I thought about it this morning. Matthew in, in 6, verse 22 through 23, "The lamp of the body is the eye. If, therefore your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? The devil's trying to get you in your eyes. That's where it all starts, to entice you. You know, then you go from temptation to fantasy to moving towards sin. You haven't sinned yet, but you're moving toward it. James says you're dragged and you're enticed. That's what he says. You start thinking the grass is greener on the other side. If that's true, then the water bill's much higher on the other side too. If the grass is greener. Okay? All throughout the scriptures it says flee. As a pastor who prays for you, and I know some of you are moving real close to sin. (laughs) Can I just say it like it is right now? It don't matter. I don't need your permission. I'm going to say it. You, You can vote on me next week. You might not be here. Okay? I love you, I don't want you to go somewhere else, but I just can I just tell you the truth? Some of you are moving real close. You've taken some steps towards Satan, and he's ready to set the hook. What do you mean, pastor? Let, let me just give you some advice. Don't casually go away. Whatever you're walking into, end it today. Stop it. Get out of it today. Run. Run, Forrest, run run i mean listen when i look when i look at the bible and i see joseph when i was in the a ministry we used to all that i used to be a part of we used to have a, a thing called what the joseph, the joseph club. club that means if you were a single young man and they had a tempting lady or someone was trying to tice you or the devil was trying to drag you away we just look and go joseph club and you didn't know you knew exactly what that guy's being tempted when you go my god i'm praying for alden my god i'm and it wasn't bad it wasn't you understand me we're just trying to be real i don't want to be dragged away come on are y'all with me this morning run flee immorality the bible says flee it i mean run I don't want you to be a trophy head on the devil's wall. You go to the men's bathroom, we got all kinds of trophies. I don't want your head in his bathroom. With the hook left. That's the one I got him on every time. Every time. Number four, the act of sin. This is where you take the bite of Satan's lure. This, if this is you and you've taken the bite, I want you to know there's still hope, man. Proverbs says, for, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble with calamity strikes. He didn't throw... Can I, can I, can I give you an example? Of God, God did not just go, TAL! I'll wipe my hands clean of that, that little sucker. That, ah! Because you know what? Can I tell you? When you've blown in in life, that's what you see. Because that's the example you've seen. Or you know what? Let me tell you something. God, you know what? Let me just tell you this. I could go around you dirty, rotten sinner. God's not a word, but God don't want to speak to you like that. God won't say, hey, come be a son. Come be a daughter. You don't have to stay in your your, your, the stuff. Because the Bible says when you go back to it, it's like a dog returning to its vomit. Isn't that a great picture? For all you animal lovers. That's what it says. But if, if you don't. Turn around. See, I believe this. I believe Jesus is in heaven and going, Father. The Bible says he's a high priest. He's our advocate. He's going, Father. That's a tough one. I had that temptation when I was there. That's hard. We need to help him. We need a helper. God, let's, Father, can we send the Spirit after them? draw them right back to you. Aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit? That he comes. That is God's proving love to us. He said when I leave I'm going to give you a comforter. He's going to draw you. He's going to persuade you. He's going to put that passion in you. To go after him rather than going after things. Now the last thing is death. Proverbs 14.12 said. There is a way that appears to be right. But in the end leads to death. You need to magnify the consequences of what sin does. You would do good if you made a list of all the consequences that would happen if you sin. Think about it. I've done that. Can I just say that? And you know what? Let me just give it. First of all, I don't want to be an embarrassment to the kingdom of God. I, I, let me just say, I have a lot of guys that have been smarter, that can preach better than me, They can share better in me, Had better character than me, that aren't, aren't in their passion right now. Because they allowed something, they didn't see it. They didn't see that someone had to come, and I don't want to embarrass you as a body. I don't want to disappoint you as a body of believers. I don't, want to, I don't want to stand before my kids one day and they say, man, my dad or my wife. I don't want to go to Tracy and go, baby, I mean, I love you, but you know what? I, I had my desires. It just happened. Oh, it didn't happen. It's, I can see her. She can have the spirit of Lorraine Bobbitt. Oh, this is going to happen too. I see it. I see the tears. I see the pain. I see the discouragement. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The relational, emotional, physical, financial death is the result. Can I just be honest with you? Look at me. I get tempted just like every one of you in here. I do. But you know what? I thank God that I got tent pegs in my life. People that can call me and people that I look up to. People that can share with me. I I mean, I was having a conversation with my spiritual grandfather, Clady Keith. While we were in London, we were talking, We had a, like a fantastic discussion about things and being things that people are tempted by and stuff. And I mean, it just—it was so freeing just to hear him talk about some of the things he's going through. He's seventy-three, and I'm going, my God, I hope I'm like that when I'm seventy-three. To be an open book. Some people go, oh, we bad man. No, no, he's a real man. James says, don't be deceived, my brother and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down for the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like sh- shifting shadows. Here's the next point. And learn to overcome temptation. I wish I had an hour just on this one, but I'm not going there. But can I just give you a scripture that saved my life as a young man? Can I just give you a scripture? It's in Corinthians. It says, no temptation has overcome you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. Oh, man, has he been faithful in the midst of my faithlessness. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he, is all, he will also provide a way so that you may endure it. And the Bible says, give you a way of escape. You know, there's times when I thought I had something. When, I, when I've gone goose hunting and I thought we nailed him, he's down. And they fall down and you go, go get him. And you go get him and all of a sudden they got wings. They take off. They, we call them, they got feet. That means they, they're running and they take off. I've had them where, you know, it's like, I remember mean, when Luke was about four or five. The first, first year he was hunting, he went with me and I shot one and he gets out there. And how many you know geese can be mean? And that goose, Luke went down, I mean, he he was no bigger than that goose much. And that goose, when he gets up close to him, he's like, the goose goes. Got his wings out. And Luke goes, Dad. I go, Jump him. (laughs) And can I tell you, without hesitation, he went, bam, in a goose fight. But guess what happened? Luke came back with the goose. And sometimes a week, hey, we got to get in a little goose fight. Come on. Well, you know, the devil's like that. I'm going to pimp slap you, you old lion. <laughs> I'm going to jump you. Because he's always telling us what you, you know what I mean? God's always telling you what you can do. The devil's always telling you what you can't do. He gives us two ways to get out. He helps us. Number one, I will never be tempted more than I can handle. Wow. God's not going to give me anything that I can't handle. in him, not me, in and him, and the second thing, I always have a way of escape. And man, I've looked for him. How about you? How many of you have been tempted and you're going, where's the, Lord, where's the door? Haven't you ever had someone keep you longer than you wanted to stay somewhere? And you're going, how can I get out of this one? You're looking for a way of escape. Here it is. Here's a couple. Avoid harmful influences. Stay away from bad movies, bad music. Music, you you know, we got this thing nowadays. Well, man, it's the culture. You know, the difference between me and culture is I have a conviction, it's not the culture, I have a conviction. You know what I mean? Think about it. I mean, uh, counter temptation with God's word. God, I've hidden your word in my heart, so I'm not sin against you. You know? I mean, ooh, I gotta say this one. Y'all gonna love me, and then I'm gonna be done. I'm gonna be g- 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 getting out of here. I just gotta say it. All right, I'm just going to say it. I love you. just want to let you know. Before I say it, I love you. It's better to avoid drinking by staying away from bars rather than going into a bar and going, oh, oh, it's tempting me. That's like I've never seen a six-pack locked up, but I've seen what a six-pack does to a person, and it locks up people. It was that six pack. Well, it's not locked up. You are. And I I just, it's just better to say no sometimes. James, here's the last one. I'm done. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. Birth is salvation. That's what it means. The word is Jesus. Who's madly in love with you. He loves you. You need to develop healthy relationships. You know, before I knew the Lord, I was in a lot of bad relationships. But as being a Christian 34 years, God's given me jewels. One of our mentors, Walden and I's mentor, Winky Pratt, and he said, you serve God long enough, he'll introduce you to his friends. He'll just introduce you to his friends. But he also said, whatever they did to Jesus, they'll do to you too. So you need friends. Out of creation, we're God's prized possession. He loves you. Don't try to just overcome sin. Fall in love with Jesus. You know, when I was in London, and I'm going to be done... I had, we had a lot of great things. We, had, we saw a girl get healed that couldn't walk for four months. She was paralyzed on her left side. I mean, literally, God touched her. See, I believe in miracles because, you know, there's a lot of church now. We don't believe God can do I'm just a product of a miracle, okay? I still believe in miracles. How about you? Amen. Okay? I'll give you a list of places that don't believe in miracles. And you can go try it, all right? be a miracle. I mean, it's kind of like, it'd be like this your first time to show up. Go, God, this is my first time to show up. God would say, "Me too." But I saw this girl with of my own eyes, we prayed, and she got totally radically healed. They had the, the, the crutches she was on. They'd have to carry her up. She's a national worship leader in, in England. I mean, when that happened, it was funny. I have it on video. I can show you. But the, the, wife, the pastor's wife sees it. She falls out. She's bang. She's like, oh, God. People are running up going, "Oh ah, God. They're like, they know it's God. I mean, it was all exciting. The next night, a demon manifested himself. What? He goes, you know, ah, ah. Brother Keith is preaching that night, and he goes, be quiet. Ah. Be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. And out of all the people, he picks me, Bubba. You and Zach, this other guy, Zach, young Indian guy, he goes, y'all take him to the back. We're like, oh, my God. Is this going to be a Sons of Sceva moment, or are we going to see God do something? If you don't know the Bible, you can read it, okay? I mean, literally, before I get my hands on him, he's trying to rip my clothes off and I put my hand behind his head and he goes and this is what he said I don't want to come out right now I don't want to come out little English kind of imp like feminine kind of I don't want to come out right now and we're going in Jesus name and I was using in the name of Jesus of Nazareth I wasn't making any I mean I wasn't making no mistake I command you to come out in Jesus name and you know what? The enemy tries to put a yoke on people. And I've learned this. Every time you put a hand on the back of their neck, you're touching the yoke. He didn't try to grab me or anything. He was trying to have my hand there. And God delivered him. Why are you saying all that, Pastor Bauer? Because I, I just know, I've noticed the more, the more you love Jesus. You see, it says this, you know, in James, in John, it said, If you love me, you will obey what I command. It's one of the first scriptures Pastor Jacob told me. He said, Baba, if you love God, if you keep his words, if you learn to keep my words, you love me. And I thought, what is that? See, I've, learned, I've noticed the more I love my wife, the less I find other women appealing. If I'm loving my wife, I don't need them. But can I tell you something? Don't try to follow the commands. Fall in love with Jesus. And when out of your love and your affection for Jesus... You'll just follow those commands out of love for him. See, so we got all these seminars. This is how you overcome. Fall in love with Jesus. That's what you got to do. Fall in love with him. You know, you know, 25 ways to have deliverance. It's like fall in love with Jesus. I got one for you. Fall in love with him. Temptation is really not a test of your self control, it's really a test of your relationship with Jesus. It really is. I love this week. It was neat because me and Mr. Mike went to his new business. We flew to San Angelo this week. And we just prayed. We dedicated his new business. So it didn't matter what people said. He's the boss. Hey, everybody in the room. We're going to pray. We're going to dedicate this business to the Lord. It didn't matter if they wanted to or not. Most of them wanted to. And he shared some things. And I brought my pastor. We're going to pray. And we just prayed that God would bless his business. Because we know this, if it's not founded on Jesus, it ain't going to stand. Look at me. If you don't take care of your business and dedicate your heart to Jesus, it don't matter. See, I've had people go, well, I don't want to come to that church because, you know, people just, there's no altar calls every week. People aren't getting slain in the spirit. I believe in that during the week. Can I, sometimes I want to say, I see more activity during the week than you see you waiting for on Sunday morning. Because really, need, what really needs to happen is God needs to do something in your own heart. If you're looking for feelings. How many of you have been married longer than a week? Okay, feelings come and go. Amen? And I believe in feelings. God will give you feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. But if you're basing your love relationship on that, and you have to have, you know, this big event. I love, I love what one of my friends, Harry Gomes, he was saying, you know, he had this national guy that get up in India, and he goes, it took him $7 million for one crusade, Baba. He said, you give me that money, I do 150 crusades, 3 million people, each crusade. It's Brother Harry. And I'm just thinking, man, you know what? You have the tools to do what God wants to do in your heart. Can I tell you something? As your pastor, I, hey, I love you. But we're all going to be tempted. We're all going to be tried. We're all going to face different things in our lives. But I'd rather fall in love with him. And out of my love and my desire for him, that I would see him do great things. I don't do things because I have to. I do things because I love to. I'm motivated I love. I don't stay away from other women just because, you know, I have to because I'm married. I do it because I love that bride that God gave me. I love her. The thing I love about her, we were talking about temptation this week. And she's just real with me. And I ask her things. Bah. Dang. I mean, she, she convicts me. Not by what she says, but by her life. You know what people are looking for? People that are just be real. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing good. It's always good. But you know what? When you get in a life group and you get around people, you can just say, "Man," I, they can look at you and go, "Hey, man, how you doing?" Man, really having a hard time financially, or man, and my kids. I never thought I'd face this. People can just go. I know exactly what you're going through. Can I pray for you? Yeah, will you? That's what we're about here at our Savior's church. Look at me. We're not here to be religious. We're just here to be real, real people that really love Jesus and want to really share his heart with our community. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you that we can talk about all these things, and yet we know in our own hearts and even mine. God, I I can look back at Many of the trials that I faced, I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. But God, I can look back at my life and some of the darkest moments of my life, you never left me. You never forsook me. God, you were always constantly pursuing me. And God, I know that's what you do with each person here. And some feel discouraged. Some feel like, well, I've been at that stage where I've blown it. But let me tell you something, dear Christian. It's never too late in God. There's nothing. Listen. Failure is never final in God. Failure is never final in God. If you've blown it, if you allowed things, this is your moment. You say, God, just have your way. Say, Pastor Bubba, would you pray for me? I've just allowed the enemy. I've bitten into the hook, and I've allowed discouragement. I've allowed not only discouragement, but defeat to enter in my heart. Would you just pray for me that this morning I just give it all to him and I trust him with all of my heart? If that's you, no one looking around, just raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. Thank 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 you. Put it down. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm just, I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm here to pray Thank you. Anyone else? I just want to pray for you. Thank you. Put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Many people around here. Father, I love you. And I know these people that have raised their hand, they love you. And Lord, I pray against every lie, every spirit of discouragement, every spirit of doubt. And God, I pray that you would flood their hearts with your grace and your love and your mercy. Father, you always call us back to yourself, away from the world, away from things. And that, Lord, that you would become bigger and exalted more than everything else around us. That's what praise means. We just magnify you, that you become bigger. And, Father, I pray for every heart and every mind that, God, the enemies lied to. And I pray, Father, just come with your oil that heals. Your oil that heals. I just pray that you would just flow into their hearts. and heal them. But Lord, I don't pray you would stop there. I pray for your wind to blow into their lives. Your refreshing Holy Spirit. And God, you'd put a, you'd blow out all those things in their lives that's distracted them. And give them a a focus upon you. And I pray for the fire of your Spirit. I pray for the overwhelming sense of your Holy Spirit. God, your your spirit of victory, your spirit of overcoming, your spirit that draws us back to yourself. I pray your strength upon their minds and their hearts and their lives and their children and their families and their jobs. I pray that for every person here this morning. We love you. We love you, God. But Lord, thank you that you first loved us by sending your your precious son Jesus to show us your heart that he was willing to sacrifice your love for us my lord we thank you for that that you're good you're awesome you're far greater than we ever imagined you would ever be thank you you're faithful in the midst of our faithlessness and we love you in Jesus mighty name Amen. Look at me this morning. Say, Pastor, I needed this message. i mean, say, that's me, Pastor. Listen, look at me. I needed this message. And if I needed this message, I know you needed this message. And so I encourage you, if you're not in a life group, let me just, let me encourage you. We're going to have a list at the back. I encourage you to get in a life group. You're going, to, well, I've never been a part of that. I feel like, you know, just, let me just, what a life group is, is just, just, it's community with other believers. It's, it's having the opportunity to be real, just laying down. And, you know, people there to encourage you, to help you. Encourage means to pour courage inside of you. And some of us need a courage. Amen? And you need to stop being a tail, uh, like a dog with a tail between his legs and running every time someone approaches you. Because that's the way some people are. You just see it. And I'm just encouraging you to be a part of that. Amen?